you guys could just take a minute and look around, look at each other, because we haven't seen some of each other in a long time. You guys look good, healthy, no chills, no fevers. <laughs> oh, that COVID stuff was the worst. Who wants to do that again? No way. <laughs> You want to do that? All right, guys. I'm going to pass this over to Chris. He's going to do something special. Because Chris is special. Don't y'all think Chris is special? <laughs> I, like, I like when his skin turns a little different shade red. <laughs> now that we got the mic away from her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, we actually have, a, we missed Father's Day, correct? Yeah. Uh, well, we missed it here as a family. So what we wanted to do, Marilyn had a, uh, put it on our heart uh, to, to, there's a gift for all you fathers. So we want to ask if all you dads would come and line up up front up here, if you don't mind real quick. Um, all the dads. If you got kiddos, come on up, unless you're just embarrassed, and then come up anyway. Oh, yeah, Roger's on the phone? Yeah, what's up, man? Hey, brother. We love you, man. Hang tight. We're fixing to do something about you in a minute. Yeah. If y'all don't mind, just line up here across from the altar and face out to the congregation there, man. It is so good to see you guys, all the dads. And, uh, yeah, all right, man. Uh, let's see. James, you got two kids. Eric, how many? You got four? Five. Mark, you got two. Ronnie, you got three. Ryan, y'all moved up to, th oh, three. All right. And John, you got two kiddos. Yeah, man. It's a good stuff, amen? You know, there is something in the water here at CORE, so I don't know. We've been having babies all the time, so you might want to watch out. But this morning, uh, if, if y'all don't mind handing those out, uh, there's a gift for you guys, and then we're just going to just going to pray over y'all and, oh, didn't mean to make you run. Sorry, Tabby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Oh, well, thank you, Lydia. Um, I know this is not the normal big hoopla that we do for dads. Um, you know, we usually dedicate a whole service, um, but y'all are men, y'all can handle it, so. Uh, <laughs> these are men of God up here. You know, I, I know each and every one of these guys on different levels. And man, every one of these guys up here has a heart for God, has a heart for family. And it's so beautiful, man. This is, this is the backbone of our ministry here, of our family, right? You know? And look, yeah, give, give the Lord a hand clap, man, for what he's done. So we just want to pray over you guys. And Father, we just thank you so much. For these, these men, Lord God, uh, these men that you have done a tremendous work in their lives for, uh, man, God, you, you have done so much, and we are very, very thankful that they are in our lives, because we get to uh, take part in what you're doing with them and through them. We get to take part of that in our family here, and I just thank you so much, and right now, I speak over every household that's represented here, Kevin, who's not here, 
uh, today. Roger, who's here uh, via FaceTime uh, included, Lord, we just speak over these households. We pray for stability. We pray for strength. We pray for the awareness to be the protector that God made them to be. We pray for the awareness to be the husband and the lover that God, you designed them to be, to be the father, Lord, that is just an exact image of you and your heart, Father God. We thank you so much that we have the opportunity to do life with these men. And we declare over their households peace. We declare victory, God. We declare protection, God. We declare that these households will flourish in all aspects of life. And we declare that they will be protective angels around them moment by moment. And we thank you for what you're doing right now. But we also thank you for the future, God. For what the future holds for the men of Core Church and for the men of their own household. We pray uh, for what is coming that they would be aware. The, in Isaiah 43, he talks about that there would be a new thing that comes. He says, will you not be aware of it? He asked the question if you would be aware. And so, Father, we pray for these men that there would be awareness of what you are doing, that their spiritual IQ, their, their understanding and hearing of you, Holy Spirit, would be elevated to a level to expect the unexpected, God. And we declare over these households, Every aspect of your blessing that you've already given, Lord, you've already given us every spiritual blessing. So we pray now for the manifestation in these households, Lord. Let it flourish out. Let it overflow in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's bless these guys one more time with a hand clap. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much, man. Bless you so much. Woo. So now we get to do something we haven't done in a while. We do have a lot to do today, by the way. Um, we're going to take communion. And uh, Raquel has uh, just something that the Lord has put on our heart. And um, it's okay. Yeah. Is everything okay? You good? Okay. Um, this is real important. I don't, I don't want to miss, I don't want anyone to miss what's about to happen. But more importantly, I don't want for us as a family to miss what's about to happen. Um, where is she? Oh, yeah, I need some help. I need two people to come pass these out, please. We're, we're doing communion a little different. Now, I'm going to turn this over to Kill. Um, Real quick, I was supposed to mention that um, there is a homemade birthday card. Oh, never mind. Uh, he's muted. He can't hear me. Uh, there's a birthday card that Sarah made uh, in the back, and she's going to take a Polaroid of you. You get to write on the card. This is all for Roger. She's going to take it to him today. So please, before you go out, uh, please go to the back back there and uh, and just, man, let's just bless his family with that. And um all right, Raquel, it's all you. You ready? All right. Here. <clears throat> so we were going to take communion, and uh, I've been reading this book. I don't know if any of you have ever read this from Benny Johnson, The Power of Communion. So powerful. So good. Um, I just wanted to read a couple things to you guys, and then I want us to do something as a family. I 
always take my glasses off. And I forget that I need them. Um, I just want to read you this definition of covenant because, oh, thank you. The husband. Um, I just want to read you a couple things. Um, you know, when we take, um, well, let me just read you this definition. This is the definition of covenant. Uh, covenant as a usually formal or solemn and binding agreement, a written agreement or a promise usually under seal between two or more parties, especially for the performance of some action. Blood was a critical part of this contract. By shedding blood, the covenant was an intimate profession of a long life promise. This little book, it's a hardback and it's really hard for it to stay open. There we go. I know you'd come in handy. <laughs> so if you would just bear with me, I just want to explain, I love the way she explains, um, what are we doing? Communion. I love how she explains communion. <laughs> Squirrel. So if you would just bear with me as I read this. Uh, communion is a time of celebration, like eating the wedding cake and toasting with champagne. After the vows have been exchanged, communion commemorates the covenant that has been made between our creator and ourselves. And this is Benny Johnson um, writing this book. So, As Bill says, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal himself to you so that he can reveal himself through you. We are citizens of heaven, but we have an assignment to fill on earth that is releasing the reality of heaven into every situation, every relationship, and every corner of the earth. Yeah. Scripture says that we have the mind of Christ. It says that we have died and have been raised with Jesus. It says that our old man has gone and we are a new creation and that Christ lives within us. The Bible is 100% true. So if I'm not experiencing those statements all of the time, then there must be a reality that is greater and truer than the one that I'm experiencing. That we would need reminding of this greater reality comes as no surprise to the Lord. It's like he sat us all down at the table with the disciples in the upper room and said, listen, I know, I know, some days are going to be hard. I know there are going to be moments when it feels like the reality of heaven is far away, right? <laughs> I'm leaving you something, my body, my blood, to remind you who you are and where your true home is. I'm leaving you this reminder of my salvation, my healing, the comfort of my presence, and my victorious return. Take it, remember me, be everything that he created you to be. In my kingdom, hold on, be everything I created you to be so that my kingdom can invade every single one of those situations and the world can know a good, good father. Man, how many of us know that the world needs to relearn our father as a good, good father? So, <clears throat> um, I don't know if you know Lydia's... Where's Lydia? There she is. Um, Lydia was mentioning that she was talking to, maybe it was this awesome person right here. And uh, she was talking about, you know, we're just coming together and let's take communion. And I was like, man, that's why we pay Lydia the big bucks because her mind is what we need here. Um, so in that, taking communion, you know, we have this awesome guy that is um, not with us right now. And I want us as a body to take communion on behalf of Roger. 
Roger's been in the hospital way too long. For us to be who we are and what we walk in and what we created to be, I don't think God penciled that into his creation when he created him. I don't think he said for two weeks or three weeks or however long it's been, he's going to be in the hospital. I don't think that was part of the design. So I just want to ask um, Sarah if you would come up. Chris and I want to lay hands on you. And as a body that we take communion um, together. Does that make sense? You have a communion cup? Yes. Okay. So this is a little unprepared as far as the words to say. <laughs> Ta-da. But um, what's that? Chris said probably be able to stand. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, is he okay with that? So, um, yeah, Adriana, that's good. So we're about to ask for healing. We're about to enter in a time and take communion because healing is what we want. So a testimony of healing is what we're going to start out with. Um, so probably about, what was it, about three weeks ago? Four weeks ago, something like that. Um, I had a mole removed uh, off my back, uh, and it came back that I had uh, melanoma cancer. And um, it, it really struck home because that's what my uh, dad passed away with. Uh, my grandma had it. Um, so it runs in my family pretty deep. Um, so they cut it off. Um, like I said, we got it tested and everything like that. Well, then after... Um, after you get it cut off and they find out it's melanoma cancer, they have to do and they have to cut a half an inch out of your back and they made it like a four inch cut all the way around that mole and they had to take all that skin off. Well, that was whenever y'all laid hands on me um, to, after that got cut out and they tested it off and they said everything came back clear, everything was good and uh, said no more melanoma. So praise God. Yeah. So, um, again, I don't have the right words or I don't have them rehearsed other than um, I was reading last night in Matthew 26 where the, you know, they walk through the process of taking the bread and the wine and whatnot. And um, he says in there, you know, take this, it's my body. And then he says to drink. So if you guys have got your wafer ready, it's not Lydia's special recipe, but it's a It'll serve the purpose today. Um, we're going to take this wafer. We're going to take this wafer because the Lord asked us to do it. Because we're lining ourselves up as a body, missing part of our body. And we're asking him for healing for this guy. These lungs, they need to expand. Yes. They need to breathe to their full potential, to their full capacity because he needs to come home. He just bought a house. He just got a wife, and he has a life to live, and he's got things he needs to do. He's got things he needs to walk out and fulfill. So as a body, let's take this, the bread.
So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the remembrance that we have this day of what you did and what that meant in the past, but what it did for our future. And, Father, part of that future is now the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't live around us. It flows through us. And we're standing here today with the belief and the knowledge, the absolute truth that you live through us. And so we are praying over Sarah as she stands in the gap or in lieu of Roger, who's looking at us via FaceTime. And we are praying for his absolute healing from this damage to his lungs from the coronavirus. Lord, we stand together as family in belief and in knowledge that we are doing this, as your word says, remembrance of what you did, remembrance of the kingdom that you opened up in us and because of the life and love that you want to do through us. And we call upon that healing today in the name of Jesus. We just took of the wafer, which represents your body, which was beaten for us to be able to have what you brought. And so now, Lord, we partake of this juice as a representation of the blood that you shed, which bought our freedom to live in the kingdom that you brought. Let's partake. So, Roger, we just speak to your lungs as we touch your body right here. We speak to your lungs, Roger, to open up, to breathe, to do what they were created to do because you have a calling on your life. Yes. You, Roger, are a representation of the Lord here on earth. Yes. So we speak healing, we speak blessing to your body right yes. now in yes. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen. He is good. Amen. All right. Are our kiddos ready to go? Yeah. Take a stand real quick. Let me see all these kiddos. Let me see. You know, that's one thing here. I, I guess we should have mentioned this before communion. We used to have all these rules about taking communion. Back when we were real religious, y'all remember them days? We used to say you, you had to be born again. My, my, my. Jesus just said to do. He didn't say go look at the rule book. And so we don't have those rules. And I guess we should have said this beforehand. If your children want to partake of communion, that's obviously a parent decision. But as a community, we have no qualms about that whatsoever. Uh, they can remember what the Lord did with us, whether they fully understand it or not. That's our take on it. Uh, we love to see. You see our kids in this house worshiping with flags and dancing and laying around uh, and all that kind of stuff. They're learning the culture of heaven right now. And what you and I had to learn, they are living. Does that make sense? So the next level <laughs> of learning is going to blow their minds away and ours as well. So we don't have those, those little rules or whatever you want. I don't know what to say, man. We, we just have an open, open family here, man. So anyway, kiddos, be blessed today. There's no junior Holy Spirit, so just go in there and learn what Holy Spirit says, man. We love you. Lydia, you got them? There she is. She's going to go back there and do some awesome stuff with them this morning. All right. Whoa.
that kind of woke me up. Sorry. I'm going to put a cough drop in here. One of the lingering effects, excuse me, of the, uh, of the Rona is a lingering cough that I absolutely hate. I hate it. Um, turn with me this morning, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 8. Happy Independence Day. The aliens are over New York right now. Will Smith is in his plane. He's fixing to say, welcome to Earth. It's a great movie. I love that movie. It'll probably play, play uh, 24 hours today. Um, no, that is not what today is. There's no aliens coming to get us. I do believe there is Holy Spirit and angels trying to jump on you a little more than normal. Um, so this is the day. The, and oh, hey, welcome to everybody on Zoom. We went a little long today on our worship, but hey, that's sorry for doing that. But here you are. I can't see everybody there, but welcome. Um, it's the day that we celebrate the, the true creation of our nation, the United States of America. Amen. And um, although there are a lot of differing opinions and views, I hold the view that we are the greatest experiment um, in the world. Um, there's never been a country or a nation like ours before, and we're only, we're not even 300 years old yet, and um, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely an experience and a, a learning growth, right? But the one thing about America is that we were created and came together because of tyranny, because of persecution, uh, mainly because of taxes. So IRS, you better watch it. <laughs> That's my, my take. Anyway, I will almost vote for anybody for president that believes in a fair tax. Cross the board, make it the same. But hey, not to get on politics. Um, our nation has been messed up. From the beginning, there have been problems because there's nothing perfect on this earth. And that's why we have the, the process of growth, right? Does anybody's kids in here have it perfect? Like they're perfect angels? They have it, right? Not quite. Why should our nation be any different? Do you know the first time that they set out a, when, they, when they create a car, a new vehicle, right? They got the new Bronco coming out. What? Yeah, boy, it looks good. You know how many, they've been working on that for four years. They didn't just go, poof, Bronco, and it's there. They got to do all these tests and trials and change the frame. They change the engine out, and this doesn't work that way. And because everything that's alive grows, and growth brings change. And there's all these things that we learn. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously right now in, in, the, um, in the rhetoric of our uh, news and social media, um, there is all kinds of stuff that goes on about our country. There's all kinds of views, right? There is 
hundreds of views. But we can start from the very beginning and look at our, you know, 200 and, what is it, 50, what are we, 257, how, 245, we didn't make 250 yet? I thought we were 252, okay. She would know, if y'all don't know, Mary would know. I'm surprised she didn't throw anything at me, Larry, right? How do you not know? No. Um, we started out, we broke away, we, we fought a war that was truly unwinnable. The, the, the hearts and the minds of free people, free men and women fought. And from, we won our, our freedom. And from there on, the nation has grown. And there are many, um, there are many red marks on our nation and its history and our growth. We can start with Native Americans and what happened to them. And I'm part Native American. I have two different nations that I'm part of. Uh, and and I, I, that's one of the biggest things on my heart is the Native American people. And I could go on and on about the atrocities and the tragedies of what the United States did uh, to my people. We had slavery. Uh, and, and we all know what that started as and what it led to and where it is and, and just just 50 something years ago was finally a breakthrough in the civil rights right women 100 years ago almost almost 100 years ago you couldn't even vote like like think about that um, what's that movie about Texas that we like so much with the women true women is that it yeah Angelina Jolie I think Georgia, Virginia. Have y'all seen that movie, True Women? Man, it, it's a, it's a, well, I think it's a good movie. I ain't seen it in a while. There's a part in there where she stands up in, the, in, in Austin, Texas, in the Congress, and, and uh, she's sitting there, you know, spouting off this beautiful speech, and she says, why is it that, you know, my son can vote, but I can't, you know, and, and who would raise? She does this beautiful thing about women, and it's just part of growth. Amen. And, you know, all of these things that I just mentioned, and there's a, so many more that I could go on about. I'm not actually here to talk about that today. Today, all of those things have come to a point of freedom. And our nation was created for freedom. Freedom from a tyrannical reign, a tyrannical view, and on and on and on. And this morning, I want to share with you something that is very, very near and dear to my heart, and that's freedom. I love being free. Um, it was four years ago today when my freedom personally took a massive jump. Uh, Raquel and I have been um, saved or walking with the Lord since we were teenagers. Um, so for it, it's been 30-something years for me because I'm 48. She's still only 25. That's a smart move, right, guys? I'm good, right, Mark? Yeah, all right. And so if you've been here for any length of time, you've, you've heard a lot of our story, and you've heard um, the journey that we've been on, especially here as core church. But for so many years, for 25 years, we were bound in a religious way of thinking, a very locked down way of thinking. We just simply didn't know any better. And it's not that it was all bad. 
We, we truly had a heart for God. We, we truly thought we were in it all the way. We were doing everything 100% as it should be and what was right. And we weren't. And four years ago is when the day happened, but it was a year before that that the journey began where I had finally been molded to a place where freedom was mine. It was coming for me. It was running after me. And it was freedom from my past. It was freedom from the way that my upbringing and my environment had created me to think and to be. You, you know you're a product of your environment, right? Yes? Uh, the, in Ephesians, and if you've been here for a while, you know this passage in Ephesians 2, right where he says that you once walked according to the course of this world, the course of this life. You don't have a choice as to where you're born, when you're born, who you're born to, uh, the, the, the atmosphere that you're raised in. You don't have a choice with any of that. And so um, those things put you in a position of, of, uh, of slavery to that environment, slavery to that way of thinking. You know, um, um, I remember my grandmother on my mom's side, well, both of my grandmothers actually, I mean, they were the type, my, my grandfather would get up at 6 a.m. Uh, or 5.30, uh, and we would leave out of the house by 6.15 to go work the farm. My grandmother was up at 5 o'clock, and when he came walking down that hallway, uh, he would come around that corner, and he, she would just meet him right at the table with his steaming hot cup of coffee made just the way he liked it. And she'd set it down, and uh, he'd say, good morning. She'd say, good morning. And they'd go about their day. You know, that was, that was the way it was for them. I never really saw anybody else that was like that. Um, my mom would get up and go to work, and there was no, my dad was already at work. There wasn't that kind of a thing. I've never been the type, it wasn't in my culture. I was never the type, Raquel, give me some tacos. You know, I never, I never was like that. Uh, if I would have said that, I probably would be missing teeth. <laughs> I would probably wake up that way, you know, wake up missing teeth. Um, and there was all these kind of things in our environment that created us a certain way. I, I truly suffered from, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I suffered from rejection. I had a stronghold of rejection that was built up in my life all these years. Everything, I had to do everything perfect and everything right. I had to always be the best because that was the only way I ever got any attention from my family. And as a boy, as a young child, you need attention, yes? You need love and affection and all those things. And anyway... I say all of that, little rabbit trail, sorry, so that we can get to the point about freedom and what, what real, true freedom really is. It's not just a fact that we can go to a baseball game whenever we want or that we can uh, go from state to state without stopping at the state line and showing our identification, and it's not about that. Um, I, I went to Webster's. Um, if y'all didn't know it, John is actually a descendant of Noel Webster. Somehow, he'll tell you the whole story. Um, but uh, Webster's Dictionary, the definition of uh, free, you know, because freedom is simply an aspect of being free, yes? So, um, 
It is uh, the definition of being free is not imprisoned or confined, unconstrained or, excuse me, unrefrained, not under compulsion or control, eventually something that is your choice. Amen? Uh, uh, free is uh, something that it, when you're permitted or you're allowed, uh, you're not obstructed. That's, that's what free is as a, as, a, as a noun, as a thing. But as a verb, uh, when you use it as a verb, it is to remove from a thing or any encumbrance or obstruction to get rid of or to clear or to set at liberty or to rescue or release. Man, freedom is a beautiful thing. And at the end of it all, Jesus came to bring freedom to you and I. Freedom for all eternity. Freedom for currently. Freedom from our past and for our future. Amen? Does this make sense? So we're going to read this portion right here. When Jesus got into it uh, with some of these uh, Jewish leaders of the day, uh, they were pretty wound up in some religious stuff, right? They were, they were bound into the, the law and, and the religious system that God never intended them to be in. Did you know that? I hope that you know today that God never intended for you to live a life filled with rules and regulations. Does that mean that we should just go and uh, we used to have this saying that we go to church on Sunday, but we live like hell on Monday? Does that mean we're supposed to do that? No, we're not. Should we try to live holy and in the image of Christ? Absolutely, we should. Does that mean that um, there are certain things that we should and should not do? Yes. Uh, right away, a lot of our religious thinking goes to, you know, depending on how religious you were, uh, you women better not be wearing no jeans. You got big earrings on today? Let's see. Oh, my goodness. They got makeup on. Shondai. Right? And for us men, for a time, it was that we had to have a tie. Always. And, oh, my goodness, the pastor's got his shirt untucked. Or how about that it only had to be the Jimmy Swagger King James Version? of the Bible. Oh, if you didn't have that, you are going to hail. You're going to, open, you're going to kick the doors wide open, right? You remember that? Well, we used to think that way. Uh, we were that way. I, I remember being on the streets. I've done a lot of street ministry um, with, in, in just, I've been shot at and all, all kinds of stuff. I've been in the bad parts of North Houston. Um, and I remember being on those streets and and just because somebody was Catholic, boy, we would go at it, man. Oh. I was so bound up in this state of religion. You know, um, even today, like what I mentioned about communion, that we used to think, we used to really think that, you know, oh, no, kids, no, 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 they can't do communion. They don't, they don't have the respect and the honor to give to the Lord. Are you serious, man? How stupid is that? I'm sorry if you're watching YouTube and you feel that way. I'm sorry, but it's stupid. Man, Jesus himself said, hey, let the little kids come on to me. Is that true? Oh, but not during communion. 
You know, they ran to the Savior of the world and he loved and embraced him, but not during communion. How dare we? <laughs> and, like, and I love that during our worship, it's really all about how you want to worship. You know, these, these altars right here, oh my God, I put my foot on it. These are simply for, I left these here in the church. I made the decision to leave these because of the memories. Because in the Old Testament, they did build altars for remembrance. And for me, the greatest memory I have is this spot right here. This is my spot. This is where the Lord broke me time after time. And where Holy Spirit changed my life. Right here in this spot. This is my spot. And I will always remember, and I always want to have that opportunity for anyone else to have a memory. So we didn't leave them here because you're supposed to. We left them here for remembrance. Does that make sense? Are you all with me? If you can't tell, I despise religion. I'm sorry if I'm rabbit trailing a little bit. I just, man, this religious stuff, it just ruins so much of my life. It just ruined so much of my life. And four years ago, my life was radically changed with the greatest encounter with the Holy Spirit that I've ever had. And I, I won't go back all through that again, but if you want to know, man, I'd love to go to Mia's and tell you all about it. Um, no laugh, okay. Tough crowd today. So this is part about freedom. Jesus is talking to these people here in John chapter 8 and Man, Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now to let your word, as we read it, let it simply come alive in our hearts. I pray that right now over every one of us and everyone listening and watching that there would be a, 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 just a, an understanding that happens as we dive into your word in Jesus' name. So I'm going to break another religious rule, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Shondai, man. Man, I love the Passion Translation. So John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus says to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. Verse 32, for if you embrace the truth, it will release True freedom in your lives. Is that, is that good? Man, um, so I meant to have this pulled up and I didn't. Um, you may know that verse as, verse 32, it says, And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The true words in the Greek and the Aramaic there are that you will know and it will make you free. Okay, so that's the true Aramaic. But this word that he uses right there, uh, to know, that you will know, it's, um, it's the word, if you want to write it down, it's Strong's G1096, and it's genosko, uh, or genosko. Um, it's very close to the word, like in Spanish, we say conosco, like I, I, I know, it's a very intimate, uh, in, actually in Jewish culture, this was actual... No kids in here, right? This was actually a, a word they would use, like an idiom for intimacy. Um, 
between a man and a woman. Um, and this, is, uh, this word, it actually means to learn to know and also to understand, to come to understanding. See, you and I, when we come to the knowledge of Christ, when we say, man, yeah, I get it, he died for me, that is the moment, that is the true moment. The, when the revelation happens, that's when you become born again. That's when you get saved. That's when there's a change in your life, right there at that moment. But you instantly, your nature is instantly changed. Your standing and your inheritance is instantly changed. But now comes the part of growth. And it's the beautiful process of learning to be a son or a daughter. Does that make sense? And it's the, it's the beauty of embracing the truth. I love the way the Passion words it. He says, for if you embrace the truth, the word there is if you begin to know. When you begin to know, it's gnosko. Oh, you begin to understand. You begin to learn. Uh, then this is where true freedom comes into your lives. Does that make sense? Do you all see that verse? Listen, if you don't hear anything else today, um, know that verse right there, verse 32, that when you embrace truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Why? Because truth, embracing truth is what brings a freedom. Knowing and learning truth is what brings that freedom into your life. And truth, the definition of truth is that which agrees with final reality. Not what you think reality is, but final reality. There was, there's been multiple times where someone's been in here and they thought, oh man, they all hate me. And it's simply not true. I mean, I know we're not all going to get along. You know, my brother's not here today. I thought I saw him on the, on the Zoom there. Him and I, man, we love each other, man. My brother and I, we will do anything for each other, but we don't always get along. Raquel herself will stand up here and tell you that she loves me, but she doesn't always like me. <laughs> you, can you say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> I don't always like her either. <laughs> Truth is, that which agrees with final reality. Amen? And so we begin to learn true reality, and that is what sets you and I free. Because one of the first things we learn, and we begin to learn in the process we continue on, is who you are. You're not what the course of this life said. You are not what so-and-so said. We were talking the other day, yesterday, about grandparenting. And how, I mean, I know my grandparents are way different than what, I, <laughs> than what I do. Man, you could never do anything good enough. On my mom's side, the farming side, you could never do anything good enough. It was only when you did really good that they would say, oh, yeah, man, that's awesome. On my dad's side, the ranching side, um, it was always good, but they never, like, never built into us. It was just, hey, let's go to work. Yeah, yeah, you need to do this, this. Like, 
It was always something else you had to do. So growing up, I, I thought you just always, it always had to be better. You would never be good enough. Does that make sense? So I embraced the truth that, no, I, I don't have to be good enough. I simply am. I am loved no matter what. See, Jesus is not like Raquel. Jesus loves me and likes me. Does that make sense? I have embraced the truth. I have embraced the reality that he loves me no matter what. It doesn't matter that I'm reading the Passion Translation. It doesn't matter that while I was sick with the Rona and there was five, four or five days there that six days, we were not arguing, but we were like, I don't want to get up. Are you going to get up? Hey, can you go to the bathroom for me? You want some water? Ugh. We didn't have any Like, man, we couldn't even read the word. <gasps> You're the pastor and you didn't read the word while you were sick? No, I didn't. Now, the old me would think that I done messed up and I'm going to hell if I died in that week. Like, if I died, I'd have been, I'm done. No Shondai or no, no, just, just done. You're going to hell. And I remember I, I, had, this, I had this really cool encounter with, uh, uh, with Jesus, actually. One time, this is about four years, three years ago, and I was like, man, I, I used to really think that way. And in my mind, I, I saw Jesus go, yeah. And when you did, I would go like this. That's how Jesus would react when I was believing a lie. Oh, come on, man. No, brother, it's not like that. Holy Spirit, go and tell this clown. Come on. Come on. Tell this guy how much we love him. And they did. Oh, man, he did. Are you with me? I'm sorry. This is not going any way that I expected it to go. I had, I don't know what, this stuff about religion, it really... It really just, it sets me off, man, because it ruins lives. Satan did a really good job. He did a really good job of deception and lying to people of the world about what, what he wants us to believe God is like. He's nothing like that. God is simply love, amen? We embrace the truth, that is what sets us free. That is what brings freedom. Knowing and learning the truth, it brings freedom. Truth is that which agrees with final reality. So do you know the word belief? It's actually a verb, and it means to have confidence or assurance in the truth or the existence or the reliability of something, even without absolute proof. Anybody in here ever believe something? And you didn't have absolute proof, and you're just like, oh, that's the truth, man. That's the truth. Yes. And you didn't have absolute proof, right? And you found out you were wrong? <laughs> man, I've had it happen. But see, again, truth is that which agrees with final reality. 
And not everything that you believe is true, but every truth must be believed. See, when you come to the point in your life, and in my life, when I come to that point, and Holy Spirit is, is with me, and He says, hey, Chris, this is it. Like, that, that's my moment to embrace truth, which brings more freedom. Man, I love it. Let's read the rest of this. Um, verse 32 again. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. And surprised by this, uh, the, they, they said, but we are the descendants of Abraham. We're already free. They're thinking freedom from Israel. He says, we've never been in bondage to anyone. How could you say that we will be released into more freedom? See, bondage also blinds. Does that make sense? That's why we need hope to infuse us with something that goes beyond what our vision can handle. Does that make sense? Hope is meant to take you beyond what you can see. He says to them in verse 34, I speak eternal truth that when you sin, you're not free. You've become a slave in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family like a son does. For a son is part of the family forever. Can you say forever with me? So if the Son sets you free from sin, then become a true Son and be unquestionably free. Verse 37, even though you are descendants of Abraham, you desire to kill me because the message I bring has not found a home in your hearts. Yet the truth I speak, I've seen and received from my Father's presence. But you are doing what you've learned from your Father. What do you mean? Abraham is our Father. He said, if Jesus says, if, if you are really Abraham's son, then you would follow in the steps of Abraham. I've only told you the truth that I've heard in my father's presence, but now you are wanting me dead. Is that how Abraham acted? No, you people are doing what your father has taught you. So does this make sense? They're only going off of what they learned. And that's why he, Jesus says embracing the truth brings freedom. When you embrace truth, freedom has no option but to go to you, to come to you. Because when you embrace the truth, you learn the truth. You accept the truth. You move in this learning that you're doing. They're only acting on what they learned from their father. Excuse me. Does that make sense? Are you all with me? I got some mixed emotions here. I just want to make sure everybody's with me because I know I, I kind of rabbit trailed a little. See, that's why Jesus said in verse 32, if you embrace the truth, then it will make you free. They were only acting off of what they had learned and what they had learned taught them that this was blasphemy. This man, he needs to die. And that was not reality. They were only going off of what they learned. So let's go off of what we learned. Let's push in, press in. Let's, let's embrace everything that Holy Spirit has for us. Amen. Let's turn real quick to Colossians uh, chapter 2. Let me know when you get there. Give me an amen. Oops, I just went right past it. Colossians chapter 2. Let's 
What's the matter, lion? You don't like you don't like Colossians? Leon. No, no. <laughs> you don't like you don't like Colossians. It's all right, brother. Colossians two. Are y'all there? Chapter verse uh, chapter two. So, man, this is beautiful. I love this. We're going to start at verse nineteen and we're going to roll on through um, into chapter three. I will say this. If you get a chance today, go back and start at the very beginning of Colossians and just read it all the way through because um, there, there's so much here where, where Paul is talking actually about true freedom from religious mindsets, uh, from so many other things. It's just beautiful. Um, but we're going to pick up in chapter 2, verse 19. Um, where to go? It says, They refuse to take hold of the true source. But we receive directly from him, and his life supplies vitally into uh, every part of our body through the joining ligaments connecting us all to one. He's talking about Jesus and the liberty that we have in Christ. Uh, He says, um, he is the divine head who guides his body and causes it to grow by the supernatural power of God. That's good news for us. Amen? Verse 20 says, uh, for you were included in the death of Christ and have died with him to the religious system and the powers of this world. Don't retreat back to being bullied by the standards and the opinions of religion. Did you ever feel bullied by religion? After I got out of it, yeah. I remember there was one time where me and... We, and it was probably more me because, you know, Raquel's not religious. She always breaks rules. This is back at harvest. And for some reason, we had to miss service that day. I don't remember if it was a funeral or, or what. I don't remember. But I was so convicted. Or actually, it was condemnation because it was not the Holy Spirit. I know that now. But it was so bad that, man, that church, we were just really crazy. We wouldn't get out sometimes till 2 o'clock. And we, would, we drove by. I insisted that we got to go by and see if anybody's there so we can explain why we weren't there. And we pulled up, and there was Pastor Fred out front. And sure enough, he comes up to the window. You remember this? He says, hey, man, we missed you today. I said, yeah, but we had a funeral. You know, I tried to call you and tell you. Said, he goes, man, it's okay. And he blew it off like nothing, and I felt so bad. I felt so like. So I was being bullied by religion. Anyway, I thought it was a good point. (laughs) Let's pick up verse 21. Um, For example, their strict requirements, talking about religion, you cannot associate with that person. You cannot or do not eat that or you can't touch this. These are the doctrines of men and corrupt customs that are worthless to help you spiritually. Do you see that? Whether I have my shirt tucked out or, God forbid, if I want to take my boots off or something, you know. Oh, wait, that throws me down a couple. If I wanted to do that, you can't catch me now, right, brother? I better put these on. Real fast, because now John will have another reason to make fun of me. That's okay. It's all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all right. I'm fine. We're fine. But to think that my shirt being tucked out, 
or one of the kids running up here and getting on the altar would damage us spiritually. Man. But see, then we get to the real, the nitty-gritty, as Nacho Libre says. What does benefit you is when you're nice to that person who is rude. When you love the person that doesn't return it. When you help that person that you just absolutely can't stand. And on and on and on. Because that's what Jesus did. You think he liked the Roman soldiers? <laughs> I mean, they were coming to get him and Peter whacks off the ear of the servant and he picks it up. It's all right, man, I got you, brother. Knowing that he's fixing to get crucified. I mean, whoo, Jesus helped me to grow in my love. Amen. So let me read that again, verse 21. For example, there are strict requirements. You can't associate with that person. Don't eat that or you can't touch that. These are the doctrines of men and corrupt customs that are worthless to help you spiritually. What would have happened if Jesus would have told the woman at the well, you filthy piece of trash, don't you think you're going to give me water? Raquel got into a... a, a, a um, strong fellowship disagreement with someone in her family about the woman at the well because he always said, no kids, he always said, she's just a whore. She was a whore. He would say it with this, I'm like, man. Inside of me, Larry, I'm like, you're any better? <laughs> but... Like, that's what religion does. Religion teaches you to view that way. Really, honestly, it's anything other than Christ teaches you to look that way. Anything other than the love of God teaches you to look that way. And that's why we've got to embrace the truth that God so loved the world that who and where and how they are doesn't matter. We love them. We want to bring them in. You know, somebody asked me the other day, what would you do if a homosexual come to your church? I, said, I will hug them to death. I put them on the front row if they'll go. Oh, oh, brother, I thought you was old school like me. Nah, brother, I ain't nothing like you, man. Like, that does nothing at all to add to my spirituality. Does this make sense? Are you all with me? Yes? The truth is that we love all people. And that's what brings me freedom. You know what else? Is then it brings them freedom too. It's so beautiful. Let me go on. Man, these rabbit trails got to stop, man. Verse 22. These are the doctrines of men and corrupt customs that are worthless to help you spiritually. For though they may appear to possess the promise of wisdom in their submission to God through the deprivation of their physical bodies, it is actually nothing more than empty rules rooted in religious rituals. Why on earth? Okay, I want to be very careful here. I don't want to offend anybody. But why on earth would God, who instituted family, man and woman, as the very first thing that he ever did after all of creation, he says, man... I'm going to make this in my image. Man and woman. It takes a man and a woman to make the image of God. Is that true? 
That's true, right? That's why women can vote. Because in a lot of things, they're smarter than us, men. And it needs men and women to make the image of God. But we have a whole group of people around the world that believe that they can't be with a woman because it makes them more holy. Or better yet, in the old days, when they would cut off their manhood, and that was supposed to make them more godly, a eunuch. I'm just being raw with y'all. I mean, like, are you with me? Because I think that's pretty stupid. Now, I mean, my goodness, man. It's thinking like that. That does nothing to help us spiritually. And in actuality, it rips away the freedom that we have. Our freedom is not so we can go and do whatever we want. It's so we can go and do whatever he wants. Our freedom is meant so that we can take the reality of him to wherever they are. Whatever they're doing. Whatever they may need. Does that make sense? You know, right now, HCA, you're going once a month out there to that third ward? Or, or you're going, okay, to Bissonette. They're going out there, and this brother has this ministry that um, it's right out on the streets. It's in the hood. Or the barrio, whichever, if you're, if you're Chicano, you can say barrio. And there's all kinds of activity going on around. And it ain't godly in the least except what they're doing. They're out there dancing and worshiping and talking to people and painting and drawing pictures and all that. And there's pimps and prostitutes all walking up and down trying to make money. You know what's beautiful is in the old days we would go, this part wasn't beautiful, we would go out there with the Bible ready to hit them in the head. Oh, you need Jesus, you rotten sinner. But they're out there just looking to love on them. Because the truth is, Jesus never condemns. He only pulls in. He doesn't kick anybody to the curb. He pulls you up off the curb. That's what, that's what true, the true reality of God really is. I mean, in that last verse... Uh, for though they may appear to possess the promise of wisdom in their submission to God through the deprivation of their body, uh, of their physical bodies, it is actually nothing more than empty rules rooted in religious rituals. Chapter 3, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection. And this is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, all honor, all authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion, verse 3, with Christ has severed the tide of this life and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him in glory. That is true reality. 
That is the truth of what our life was meant to be, is that we embrace the truth of who he is, which frees us up to be who we are. It's beautiful. We are freed from from religion for the purpose of life. And we are freed from the chains and the pain of this world for the beauty and the power of his. And I'm going to close out with um, my life verse thing that set me free. And I hope today that this brings some kind of something for you. It's his word, so it, it's going to do that. But in Isaiah 61, if you'll turn there with me, or scroll there. <laughs> Let me read this one more time. We are freed from religion for the purpose of life. And we are freed from the chains and the pain of this world for the beauty and the power of His. I'm going to close with this, reading these passages. Isaiah 61. Jesus stood up and read this in the synagogue at the very beginning of His, of his time when He began to <clears throat> begin His ministry. He stood up and read this in the synagogue and For so long, religion says, oh, that's, that's what he did because it, this passage talks about who Jesus was meant to be, Isaiah 61. But the reality is, is that Isaiah 61 is all about who he was meant to be in that moment that he was here on earth because that moment that he was here on earth released the ability for you to be who you were meant to be in this life. Isaiah 61 is all about you. It's all about you. He says in verse 1 of Isaiah 61, The mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted and to tell captives you are free and to tell prisoners be free. From your darkness. Verse 2 I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow and to strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion. Look at this to give them beauty in the place of ashes the oil of bliss instead of tears, and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Because of this, they, talking about the people, will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness, planted by Yahweh as a living display of the glory, (coughs) of His glory. They will restore ruins from long ago and rebuild what was long devastated. They will renew ruined cities and desolations of past generations. 
And he goes on to talk about uh, foreigners will be appointed to shepherd your many flocks and strangers will cultivate your fields and tend your vines. But you will be known as a priest of Yahweh and called the servants of our God. You will feast on the wealth of nations and revel in their riches because you received a double dose of shame and dishonor, you will inherit a double portion and endless joy and everlasting bliss. For I, Yahweh, love fairness and justice. I hate stealing and sin. I will rightly repay them because of my fairness and enter into an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed will be famous among the nations and their descendants the center of attention of the people. And all who see them will recognize that they are the seed that Yahweh has blessed with favor. The truth of freedom today is that you are not bound by anything in this life. You are completely, completely free to live life according to the fullness of His call and His power and His strength. So what does that look like for you? Some of you I know, some of you I don't know, and we're learning that as family. But the beautiful thing is, is that we are meant to embrace the freedom. I mean, embrace the truth which brings freedom. Does that make sense? Would y'all stand with me? Sorry I went a little long, but we'll blame that on all the other stuff that we had to do. (laughs) Sister Angela wants to go another hour. (laughs) So on this Independence Day, man, eat your hot dogs, do your Roman candles, do it all, have at it, enjoy it, celebrate the greatest nation in the world that ever has been, celebrate it, because... In other nations, we would have to do this right here undercover. I mean, you know, like China alone, they kind of look the other way. They know what's going on, and they kind of look the other way. But Sudan, they'll kill you. You're a Christian, you're dead. Or a slave. I mean, we have the greatest nation in the entire world. And happy birthday to us, yes, as Americans. But let's not lose sight of what real freedom is and who real freedom comes from and how we get it. We get true freedom by embracing His truth. So let's embrace it. Let's learn it. Let's hug it. Man, love on His truth. Dig into here and find out. Get on your knees And man, seek his face to find out who you really are, who you're really meant to be. Because even right now, at 48, almost 49 and 25, we still got a ways to learn. We still have things that we're learning. It's a never-ending story. And it's beautiful, amen? And we're even us as a body. We're such a young body. You know, 20 years or whatever of being the river and only what, two and a half years now of being core as we rebranded, we came out of religion, we kicked that sucker in the face, rebranded, and here we are, we're learning who we are, we are embracing the truth 
of who God is and who we are and watch the freedom come, man. It's a beautiful thing, amen. Father, I just thank you so much for everyone in this place, for what you've done. I thank you for your truth, God. I thank you for the reality of who we are as sons and daughters and the liberty that you gave to us by coming and taking our place. And I thank you, God, for what you are doing in this body, in this community. And I thank you for where we're headed. But I thank you for the freedom that is over each and every person's life here. But I thank you for the freedom that's coming. Man, we got some crazy free people in this place, Lord. I mean, they're amazingly free, but you're taking that freedom to another level. And you are going to do a metamorphosis in these people's lives to take them to a higher level, a deeper intimacy where that embracing the truth leads to a deeper freedom, Father. Lord, I pray for marriages right now. I pray for family connection between sons and daughters and mothers and fathers. And for us here, God, as as brothers and sisters in the Lord, as family, as fathers and mothers, Lord, we just pray for that deeper freedom to just roll over, just like uh, Psalm 23 says, that our cup would run over and it would just run down our heads and all the way to the tip of our toes. That freedom would engulf us as we embrace the true reality in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Man, God bless you all. There's so much more I wanted to get into, but uh, anyway, it's all right. I love you all very much. I'm glad we're back. Pray for those that are still out and uh, be praying for Roger. Be sure and go sign the the card uh, or whatnot and take a picture in the back back there. God bless you all. We love you. If you need prayer for anything specific, uh, please come and uh, just uh, let us know. Come up and see us. We love you all. God bless you.